your company and your customers will thrive or die based on the story you're telling. You have got to nail your story. You've got to go out there and be able to tell your story better than anybody else. You've got to know your three whys. Why do they need to buy? Why do they need to buy from you? Why do they need to buy now? Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman, and welcome to another episode of Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success and discuss a few things they learned along the way. Today, I have Maury Rogo, the CEO of RIP Media Group, a marketing agency that helps speed up sales cycles by creating brand stories through animation, commercials, graphics, and interactive and immersive content. Welcome, Maury. Hi. Great to be here. Thanks, Josh. Awesome. And let's jump right into it because I know you have a pretty interesting story about the show Entourage. So can you share a little bit more about that? The show Entourage? Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So there was a, so let's say, let's go back a few years when the show was still on. I'm watching this show and it's, um, you know, I'm watching these, these guys are about my age. This looks great. I can get along with these guys. Where are they? They're in Los Angeles. They're doing what I've always in the back of my mind wanted to do. Go to Hollywood, be a producer, be a director, be an actor. This is great. And it's great fiction, but I'm still thinking, I, I want to do this. In my real life, during the day, I'm in a high-tech company. And so we're about to be acquired. So this is really what, what is going on and what happens here. So we go to this big company meeting and everybody had caught the rumor. It was a huge buyout. We all had stock. It was going to be amazing. So our new leader is going to walk in the room and introduce us to what's going to be happening in the next steps. So we're all literally like, you know, champagne in hand for real, you know? And so the person walks in, it's like the air is sucked out of the room. It's like, it just, he's a shark with dark black eyes just staring at us like a shark about to, to feed on us. Like, what is going on here? Is this a joke? And he just looks at us and he says, I got three things to say. First, what you did before I walked in this room doesn't matter. I heard you did good things in the past that gave you opportunities. That's done. Second, if you don't make your quota, excuse me, if you don't make your quota in this next quarter, if we got to if you don't, second, if you don't make your quota in this next quarter, I will fire you. And third, you sales managers out there, if you don't make your quota, you can't blame your team. I'm firing you. You got a huge opportunity on your hands. Take advantage of it or you're out. And he walks out of the room and he pointed at somebody on the way and he took them in the hallway and he fired them right then. Like this is unbelievable. And it thought it was maybe a joke. Uh, this is an old Glengarry Glenn Ross routine or something like that. It was not, it was real. It was really happening. So I went through, <laughs> I made it through. We did get purchased. I did actually make friends with that guy. And he was, you know, he was two levels up. He was the VP of global sales and found out why he did that. But during that process, I said, when this is completed and over, I am unplugging and I am moving and I'm creating my new career. I'm moving to Los Angeles. I'm going to get into Hollywood. If I'm going to go through stress and hardships like this and, and, and I, can, I, I can be, you know, I can market, I can sell, I can do things like that, I can figure out Hollywood. So when I got out there, I said, where is Entourage filming? That's the <laughs> coolest show that I know. I want to get on it. So it took, <laughs> it took a lot. 
And so by having cold calling in my background, by having marketing knowledge, I started calling all the casting agencies and found out who casted and put people on the show Entourage. And I told them that I would do a great job and pitched myself, ended up on set with you know, Kevin Cogney, you know, Kevin Conley, Adrian, the whole thing. And, um, you know, they're having this huge scene and they have, there's models, fashion models. I mean, it's one of those. So I'm there for a whole week. I'm like, this is great. And I'm going to be pals with these guys and we're going to be friends. And there's my Hollywood career. And, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I was on set and I was shuffled off into the room where, you know, the kind of the, the tiny part actors were. And then we came out and we saw them. So we did our own thing, but it was an amazing process. And I went and I did that. So from entourage, I was like, if they can do this, I can do this. And I started learning how to do stand up comedy, how to write. Um, I ended up opening for Joe Rogan, uh, at the, uh, at the improv and was in oceans 13 and, all these different things. But what started happening after five, six years is not only did the economy crash at the time, but I said, if I can be creative and I can tell these stories like this, let me go back to the companies I used to work with, like the one I left and say, let me change the brand. Let me change the voice. Let's give you a voice that people want to work with you. You either want to work there or want to work with you as customers. And so I started this agency all through that, through those, that series of events. How did you, how did you end up um, getting your first customer then? Yeah. So, oh, this is really great. So there was a guy that I knew. He was leaving film school, right? So he did a, you know, a film guy his whole life. And I actually had you know, met him through sort of this, this film circle. I'm this high tech guy that left high tech to come in to do movies and he did film school and he's like, I don't think this is the career for me. He wants to get into high tech. I said, well, you know what? Let's grab lunch. I can help you there. You help me with yours. Let's have an exchange of ideas. So <laughs> he ends up going and doing that, introduces me to somebody that's creating a film, producing a film, introduces me as a marketing genius. And the next thing I know, I'm negotiating the deal for to market their movie right? A friend of his to market this movie and great ideas, you know, and like a social media campaign, which was really new back then. Um, and I, and I negotiated myself a part in the movie as part of the compensation package. So it was really cool. So they flew me in first class to, you know, to South Carolina where they're filming and, and I get to set I'm like, Oh, this is, this is the way I would love to be treated. <laughs> you know, this is, this is amazing. And I'm doing this, I'm going to gather marketing intelligence and all that stuff while I'm there, but I've got to deliver these lines. And uh, one of the actors in the movies, uh, a singer and musician and actor, his name's Meatloaf. Um, and back then he was in the movie. He decided it would be a good idea since he was in the movie for the entire movie, not just the end scene like me, that he should take my lines. And the director agreed so I'm just standing there on the side for a day <laughs> as an extra, <laughs> um, but, but I still marketed the movie and, and it was still a whole lot of fun. So it led to some interesting things. That was the first client and that was my first check that I you know, wanted to mount on the wall. And um, then I realized if I put that check on the wall, I can't cash that check <laughs> and I need to cash that check. <laughs> Way to way to just drop uh, Milo's name there, like it was like it was nothing. Um, <laughs> that was fun. Meat, as they call him. Meat. I know, it wasn't <laughs> um, and then where did you where did you meet that guy? Um, the, the person who ended up being your first customer. Where did you 
eventually, or where did you initially meet him? Yeah, yeah. So there's actually, so it's, uh, there's a, there's a American Film Academy, excuse me, American Film Academy. It's in Los Angeles. And so where I actually met him, this is pretty funny too, which is I came in for an audition to be in the movie that he was doing for his graduate project. And um, what I didn't know until we became friends later is I came in, it was sort of a, you know, quote, the cocky young guy, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, I know this guy. I've worked with these guys. I can do this character easily. So I came in, I auditioned and there, you know, the director and all the different people said, that's, that's the guy. So it was me. I got the part. What he told me later is he wanted that part. They had actually written it for him. <laughs> but when I walked in, they said, no, that does the guy, that, that's the guy, not you. And even though it's your movie, would you mind if we put him in? And he said, no, sure. And so on set for the next couple of weeks, we just started talking, getting to know each other. And um, that's really, and we're still friends today. And this is, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Definitely a lesson uh, in networking in, in that one. And then obviously the first customer, usually the hardest, but I think that even the second customer can be even harder than the first one. And that starts a lot of times the trend. Um, so do you have a, any kind of story for your, the second customer that you got? Absolutely. You're so right. Because the first customer, you know, we, you know, brought them in, it was a friend, it was a friend of a friend really. And kind of, we made that happen. And then what do you do then? Now you're working on the project and are you out there prospecting? So um, through the same friend, <laughs> uh, through the same friend, he actually knew somebody else that was at a very large high tech company. And so, you know, we're talking two, three, four months now that I don't have a new customer. And so he actually made that introduction. I spoke to this woman and, um, she's the head of marketing for this global company. And we're this tiny little, you know, one or two person agency at this time. So I'm like, I don't have a shot, but I'm going to do everything I can to win over this account, win over this person and do all the things that today we charge for. But back then I'm going to give them the whole pitch deck. I'm going to give them concepts. I'm going to give them their, their brand voice, what they say, how their, you know, their videos should look and, and pitch them on this. And so I did all that. And so she said, you truly appreciate it. She was, she was wonderful. And so truly appreciate this. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, everybody in the room uh, that's evaluating bidders has their favorite. So my favorite is you, but I can't tell anybody that. And everybody else has their favorite too. So I'm going to take the basically the front cover off of all these bids. I'm going to rewrite them and I'm going to pitch each one of these anonymously. And I'll let you know how it goes afterwards. And I thought, that's hey, that's fair. We're this tiny little agency going up against literally global you know, global agencies. So she calls me the next Monday, which I couldn't sleep over the weekend. I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And uh, she said, okay, there was a number one winner and a number two winner as a backup for their concepts. And number three was a distant three, but still could be a backup. Everybody else, their ideas were just stock. You know, they're not going to consider them at all. And she said, would you like to know who was who? And I said, of course. And I'm sitting here in my mind thinking, I'm the good number three compared to these global powerhouses. I get it. And maybe they'll think of us next year. She said, okay, number one and number two was the same company. Do you remember your pitch XYZ? And do you remember your pitch ABC? I said, yes. She said, that's number one and number two. You won. We get to work together starting next week. Can you move that fast? Yes. <laughs> so it was amazing. I, I, a tear came to my eye. I was... 
I was so happy. I mean, so what internally in the company did you have to do from that moment to final execution, whether it was hiring new people, whether it was new software, whatever it is, like, what did you then have to buckle down and do to make that a reality? Everything. This, this thing was big enough that I could not do. I could not do these things on my own. So what I'd been, what was really good about coming from, really like, you know, coming from high tech, right? For at first, right? Being in, you know, sales and marketing and high tech companies, then for five years, moving over to the film industry and writing and comedy and all these things, I started, I knew I had to build my network. I knew that was important. So I started collecting all the names of these people, the directors of photography, the animators, the editors, all these folks and kept in touch with them. So what was this project? I needed exactly those people. And this project happened to come in really just, I mean, just knock on wood, you know, knock on wood, it already happened, but you know, this happens again. I started calling those people and they were finishing their cycle. So Hollywood works on two, basically two seven month cycles. And in the summer, everybody's off. All right. So, you know, roughly, and then there's award season and things, you know, start to pick up again. So it's that kind of cycle. This was May and they were all about to be free. So I was like, oh my gosh, they have four months where they're not going to be working. And these are incredibly talented animators. These are incredibly talented filmmakers and directors. So I put the whole bid together. We won, right? And I started calling the best of each and started talking to them about the project and then pulled three people out, asked them to work on the project with me. They did. We really, it was a, it's beautiful. And even though it's years old now, it stands the test of time. It's a beautiful 3D you know, introduces their product, their company, and then multiple versions of that for different uh, divisions of the company. So that was it. So they were freelancers at the time, but two of them turned into, you know, first employees. So I scaled with the project. I didn't hire people before I had the work for them. I, I, you know, I scaled based on what I could bring in the door and execute. Who was your uh, first hire? Yeah. The first hire was you know, right before all that. Okay. So I had an intern that was there just to do some social media for me. He's just, you know, he was highly recommended and, you know, great. He's this kid out of, you know, film school. Didn't matter. He's out of film school. If you can do my social media and maybe social media for an account or two, then wonderful. So um, at the same time, all that was happening, I had to do this, this test project, right? I had to kind of show the company that I could show, you know, execute on what I said. And so he said, you know, I'd like to take a shot at that. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, kid, <laughs> sure you can. And he said, I'll work on it this weekend. I think I can do that kind of animation because we did that in film school. So I think I can put that together. Can I give you a test like 20 seconds on Monday? And, you know, okay. But I'm still frantically picking up the phone, calling people. Can I meet with you? Can I talk with you, et cetera? Monday morning, he comes in. And he opens a laptop and shows me exactly what we needed. Exactly what we needed. That's great. Like, this is incredible. Hired. <laughs> that was it. Right. Hired. You know, that's it. I can put him right on this project and he does these pieces and I have these pieces to plug in. And what was amazing is that kid that was an intern then, th- was it four or five years later, became our lead, our creative director of the company. His ideas were amazing. He he could write. He was funny. He could, it's very, it's, it's, you know, there's some people that can be funny out loud, funny verbally, you know, comedians and things like that. He could be funny and intricate on the page. 
And that's a real, it's a different skill and he could do it. And, and he could also be serious and, and follow different emotions. So hired. He was my first real employee. Well, then not to kill the mood, but on the other side, um, have you either had like a bad hire or maybe hire too quickly or anything like that? Oh my goodness. So yes, <laughs> yes, I, yes, not, not too, too long after that, we really caught, you know, we caught some fire. So we, you know, we really started getting popular and, and getting known in the, you know, kind of in the, the, the SaaS market, tech market, we could really help complex companies tell their story. So we started winning a lot of bigger and bigger projects. So I'm thinking, well, great. I have these people, I can pull them in. But now I'm at, you know, at that point, I think it was at 12 people and I needed more and we're filling up the office. So I've got to get more offices. So immediately, because we, we won these agreements, this person comes in, he's highly recommended. This person comes in. I, I knew this person from this, um, uh, what was it? It was like a conference and he was a, you know, he was a writer animator. Perfect. So I didn't take the time. I just didn't take the time to go through and really vet and qualify these people. And so we grew so fast. I put these people on as account managers and producers. Ugh, it just, it breaks my heart now, you know, and broke my heart then too, but they, we fell on our face. I mean, I think internally we fell on our face. Customers did get what they wanted. It just was me literally sleeping maybe three hours a night because I'm doing cleanup in all these different areas. I'm trying to catch the fish, clean the fish, help the other people, train them doing what they're supposed to be doing, what I hired them for. And so I overhired. And, and then the, the other side is the, the downside of that is one person was using the company credit card for everything she wanted to do. And I didn't know it for months. You know, the other person was saying they're so busy with these accounts. And then I talked to the, I talked to the person at the account, haven't heard from them in a month. What's happening with our project? So then the downside was time to get rid of those people and, you know, really handle my accounts, which are the most important thing in the world. So overhired and that was, uh, that was crushing. And that's what made me want to change the, the model into be something where I can, you know, sort of my cons consultation, my expertise, I can help directly. So I went from let's go bigger and bigger agency wise to what can I give directly to customers? And that's what I'm doing more of now. Was that literally a change of less customers and now focus more on those customers? Or like, what did that look like? That's, uh, in that's very well said. So it, it is, it's the Jerry Maguire model. If you remember that movie. So, you know, in, in the movie, it was hang on to whatever, you know, clients we can by serving them extremely well. Smaller is better than bigger. Um, why I'm saying Jerry Maguire is I was, I was just on the podcast of the real Jerry Maguire. His name is Dave Meltzer. And um, so it's really amazing. Like, this is the real Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yell out, show me the money right there. So, which you can still do if you want to, but that's where I thought this was going. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to interrupt. So, uh, so, so, you know, his mentality was fewer clients and serve them with everything you possibly can. And so that's what I've converted to. So money many fewer clients, you know, we were up to 60 projects simultaneously, you know, at one time at our, at our biggest, you know, now we're probably at, honestly like eight to 10, you know, rolling along, but with a lot more focus and we're spreading ourselves to do more services with these clients. So it's not just the commercial, the brand video, the animation, 
Now we're creating those graphics and the ads that lead to those animations that lead uh, to the salespeople and the demos and to get them more sales. So we're really building out the whole funnel, which is a lot more work, but we can really dig in and get to know the brand better. So it's more of a, you know, really converting over the last, through COVID really, um, into this consultancy with a high expertise in storytelling and, and video. And speaking of COVID, have you seen any kind of changes in the industry or your services specifically or anything that has changed, you know, either because of COVID or just over the past, whatever years, five years, 10 years? Oh yeah. Well, a lot. And we'll just take a look at five years and 10 years to, you know, COVID. I'll, I'll start at the beginning. So, you know, say, say 10 years ago when I started, um, believe it or not, looking at social media to really go out there and be, um, um, you know, a great part of a marketing plan, let alone today, it is a marketing plan. You know I mean? You get to literally exist on social media and have marketing nowhere else. Back then I was, I would say, you know, nicely, I was sort of shrugged off. Oh, sure. And, you know, in more, you know, in other situations, just overtly, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and now, of course, you know, this is probably going to end up on LinkedIn and, and Facebook and, you know, and so forth. So, um, so that was a huge one. Social media just being this sideline, you know, sideshow to brands completely embracing it. The other thing in the past, you know, just in the past few years is every, you know, the obvious, which is everything remote, but it took us about four months to put together a really solid offer to have remote recording, um, you know, go out there and get customer testimonials, go get the influencers in the space, go get, you know, the thought leaders in the space record them so that it sounds good, it looks good, um, and that you can actually use those as testimonials, thought leadership videos, and that sort of thing, rather than just having, you know, let's just clip Zoom and, you know, 360, you know, resolution, and it's going to look terrible to really get high quality remote video um, and a lot more creativity on how to um, you know, knowing that people are working at home, you can't sell out those gift baskets anymore. I mean, you know, because that's kind of creepy that you're sending it to their house. Are they going to give you their address? You know, send it to the corporate address. You know, here's the chocolate, you know, frog or whatever. I'm reading Harry Potter to my child right now. So the chocolate <laughs> frog is a thing. Um, you know, sending chocolates to the office is one thing. So, you know, a lot more with personalization. So personalizing content right to that person. I call it one-to-one -one videos or personalized videos has been huge and a lot more in the remote world too has been, has been, you have to adopt it. I mean, you have to be ready. Going uh, a step back and going back to, you know, going from like thousands of commercials that you guys were working on to a, a smaller number of clients. Um, did you kind of pick and choose if they were bigger or smaller, what the size was? Uh, well, I'll ask that question first. So did you, did you like, did you purposely choose eight or did you just kind of let the other, the, the smaller clients go over time? And then it just became this group of, I, I guess I said eight, because we talked about that before, but um, did you just end up kind of with those smaller number or did you try to yeah, get to that? So, so I did. Do you want to ask it one more time? Uh, I don't know. How, how did I choose? If you kind of get what I'm saying. Uh, I would say just take a stab. Okay. So when I was thinking about what clients I want to work with, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I want to go from 60 projects to 10. Uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily that. It was more about 
What industries do I want to work in and I really enjoy? Where do we make an impact? And then straight up, who do I want to work with? Whoop. Uh, I do uh, think we can take this out. So we'll, we'll actually, well, let's, let's hold. Uh, yeah. And I back up and I honestly don't wait, even wait, know. Wait, how no, no, this is like, there's a fire alarm or something. Oh, like might need to go type thing. I've never heard that before. <laughs> no, but let's, let's continue. Sorry. No, I've, there's a speaker there that I never heard. <laughs> I, I, know was there. I yeah. guess it's a good reason for me to try to take another stab at this. You were definitely answering it the right way, by the way. And it actually is going to, go into my next question perfectly. So I'll, I'll try to take a step. Dear team, we're, we're asking that question again. Um, all right, let me, <laughs> there you go. I like that move. Um, one sec, one sec. But on, when, the, when the editor's scrolling through, oh, you do that, they're like, oh, there it is. That's a good idea. I'll do yeah. it again then. You do that or a clap. No, that's a, that's a great, and that's a see oh, clap. like the loud. And they'll see the spike in the video and the. All right, I'm going to do the clap then, right before I figure out how to how the heck to answer this uh, or ask this question. Um, <clears throat> okay. So going from you know a larger set of customers down to a smaller set, how did you choose that selection? Sure. So going from a bigger you know 60, 60 projects at a time down to eight or ten, the way it went about it wasn't by saying I'd like to chop my business, but you know into one sixth of what is it today. It was more about what industry do we really like working in? Do I really enjoy working in? Where do we have a great impact? You know, do I have an expertise in this particular area? Because as we grew, we started doing a lot for a lot of different kinds of uh, you know kind of different verticals, different industries. So I really wanted to focus, and there were three. And so it was SaaS, you know, technology, biotech, which is really complex too, and then nonprofits. So nonprofit, you know, great causes. And I actually donate a portion of every uh, corporate project to the nonprofits. So that's why they're there. Um, and because I really want to know that I'm giving back and making a big impact. So they get, they get projects, you know, at cost or below because I subsidize them from the bigger clients. So that was number one, what industry? And then uh, who are the people, literally the people at the different companies that I really enjoyed working with, that I feel like we had great rapport, that I feel like they really listened and respected and valued my and my team's opinion. And I called them back and I said, I'm not sure if this is a great fit, but I'm changing my agency to serve people more in particular areas, and we've loved working with you. And can we explore that? And again, that wasn't the, <laughs> you know, that wasn't my script, but that's basically what I did. And I called them and, you know, led to great conversations and some planning. And one of them actually, you know, gave me feedback into if you offer this, this, and this, these are perfect services for not just for us, but for other clients too, because it was actually a, a marketing technology company. So they know what they're talking about. He said, but these, they don't seem to fit. So, you know, if you kind of wrap up uh, packages like this, so not only did that phone call, or excuse me, those phone calls turn into longer term recurring revenue clients that I really enjoy working with, it also turned into great, great offers, great toolkits and packages that we actually offer now. And is there any difference between marketing to either the different types of companies, the different sizes of companies, any direction you want to take that? Sure. There, absolutely. So, all right. So when you take a look at what kind of company you want to go after and you want to work with, 
you know, it certainly can depend on size. They're, they're smaller. That means you're going to be working with higher level people. Typically, you'll be working with your CEO, CMO, especially if you're a smaller agency, you're starting off. You, know, you want to start with folks that are, you know, in your area of expertise, just like how we focused. So you're going to be starting off with the executives, but those executives, they went to a small company for a reason, right? They want to have a big impact and probably see their impact come to life versus other people that have different tastes, which are also extremely wonderful and talented that might be at a huge company, a 100,000 person company, 50,000 person company, where they're either running the entire brand, they, they love having that impact globally, um, or they have a particular product niche, but it's, it's different types of messaging for different people. And you really want to find out you know, the basics, right? So it's what's the pain that they're going through because the pain that somebody's going through in a 10-person company that's growing and looking for funding is very different than the pain or the problems people are going through if they have a 50-person team creating global content, right? So they need systems and processes and these things, and they need to make sure that you can take time off their, off their plate and replace certain things. The smaller company might want more, you know, the same thing. Time is valuable. They might want more advice and guidance, just for example. How can they scale? So, you know, where in the large company, for example, you know, there's classes, there's training, all those things are available. The small company might not have that. So you definitely need to focus on who you're talking to, the size of the company, and of course, what kind of company. And then it's why you are different from anybody else in that particular space. If you're not different from anybody else in that space, if you don't have a personal background in that space, or you don't have a personal stake and unique take, then you're probably not going to do well in that space. That's that's my opinion, and and I'm very much about you know working with the people that you like to work with, working on projects you like to work with, and it it kind of comes back around to the the mantra, which is part of my vision, mission, values, which is OGP, only good people. I only want good people on my team might be incredibly talented, but if you're a prima donna or, you know, arrogant, that this is not the home for you. This is not the place for you. But it also goes for customers. You know, there are some very high paying customers out there that don't treat my, you know, that might not treat my team well. And those aren't going to be our great customers. I want people that really respect and like working with us, just like we like working with them. I love that. And uh, just a couple more questions. Um, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what do you think it would be or what would it be? If I'm going to teach something to other marketers, it is flat out. If you, your, your company and your customers will thrive or die based on the story you're telling. You have got to nail your story. You've got to go out there and be able to tell your story better than anybody else. You've got to know your three whys why do they need to buy? Why do they need to buy from you? Why do they need to buy now? If you can go out to market with those, a great story, what makes you unique and different and knowing your three whys, you're probably you know 300% better <laughs> than a lot of the companies out there that are just sort of pitching and you know throwing out proposals and RFPs and that sort of thing. So I would say, get your story straight, get your tagline, get your elevator pitch. You know, all the, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, preaching, you know, and the choir here, because this is what we do, but I find it incredibly valuable. I've seen companies, you know, come to us after, you know, after 10 years of having a product out there 
And when we straighten out their message, all of a sudden they're bidding on projects 10 times the size. They're getting phone calls coming in because they're telling a different story, the story that their customers need to hear. It's, it's incredibly gratifying. And uh, last question is, do you have any books, podcasts, any type of content uh, recommendations? It can either be in marketing business or completely unrelated. Sure, sure. Um, okay. So, you know, I definitely recommend my book, which is Rise of the Entrepreneur, which is all about a, you know, a couple of guys that want to go out and start a company and how they do it. Um, but some of the favorites that stand out for me, there's the pumpkin plan. So, oh my gosh, literally I'm having a, I'm having a, uh, what do they call that? A meta moment. I didn't even realize that I followed the pumpkin plan when I was talking to you earlier, when I went from many, many customers down to the most important customers. That is literally the premise of the pumpkin plan. And it's this, and the, you know, I listen to a lot of books. I mean, I listen to books every single day. So um, the, the, uh, the author has a good voice and a lot of enthusiasm. So the audiobook is pretty good, but it basically is, he, you know, his, his story was he was a, you know, pumpkin patch with his kids and they grow these 800 pound Colossus pumpkins well, how do you do that? Well, he goes and he talks to the guy, the, the farmer. They clip off all the smaller vines, all the other choices, all the other pumpkins that would grow from that vine. So all the nutrients go into the pumpkin. That one pumpkin that gets huge, that is how you grow the agency with fewer clients that do a whole lot more. That's the pumpkin plan. And you oh, clip off and let go of all the smaller ones that might not be serving you as well. So I love the pumpkin plan. Way to come full circle now. That was, that was <laughs> okay. uh, any other recommendations? Um, this is my sure. favorite one. So I'm going to squeeze the it. Revenue, there's the Revenue Builders podcast which is, that is run by, oh, I didn't get to tell this story, but run by you know a, an, an amazing sales leader, sales and marketing leader. Um, that's a really good podcast that I listen to. And um, there's actually, there's a really short form one that's kind of like yours. Um, but it's, um, what's it called? It's John Lee Dumas is the, uh, the guy's name. Um, I, I actually forget that I'm blanking on the name right this moment, but that's a really good one. 15 we'll minute clips and that kind of thing. We'll look for it on our side. That was perfect. Um, and then as we come to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of mention, uh, how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> I'd love it if the people that are listening to this and found any value or any entertainment, any entertainment value here to connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Mari Rogo. It's right there. And uh, just, just come to LinkedIn and, and uh, click connect and be happy to connect with you. And I put a lot of information out. I have a LinkedIn newsletter and inspiration posts and uh, business growth posts every day on LinkedIn. And of course, our website, you know, if you're wanting to learn more about how to tell great stories, you want to learn how to, you know, do that through video and through content, please hit ripmediagroup.com. Awesome. And thank you so much. I thought this was a fantastic episode and I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.